and Live at Five shows. Now, AM 1240 WATN presents Live at Five with Glenn Curry. Sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Yes, we'll get into that in a little bit. So, uh, here we are, Tuesday edition of the Live at Five show. couple of things to cover right off the bat, and uh, that's the big story of the day that uh, was uh, talked about during the hotline hour. And that are uh, the people that you may or may not know, but the person in question who had left his bike on Route 81 has, in fact, been found. He's, he's, he's okay, he's fine. I don't know anything beyond that, really. I mean, that obviously will come later, if at all. Uh, but uh, Mr. Widrick is, is 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 well, so that's important. So now that we got all that covered, <laughs> uh, we have in the studio with us today Caitlin Lawler uh, from Pivot, otherwise known as Alliance for a Better Community. Um, and welcome to the show, by the way, Caitlin. Thank you. Say I'm happy to be here. Yeah, step up. A, me. Let me just push this. Don't grab it by that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to knock your teeth out. <laughs> it's one of those things. That's where we have that. So, okay, that sounds good. And Caitlin, you're a young girl, is that correct? Yes. A young woman, excuse me. <laughs> uh, but you know enough about um, drug abuse in our community, which I is do. why you were probably, you know, what what got you, what, how long have you been working uh, for Anita over there at Pivot? It's honestly been less than a year. That's, okay. And, so uh, it's, it's kind of new to me. My background is in biology, microbiology, and immunology. But then I experienced my own thing with alcohol, and I ended up being in recovery myself. And so that's kind of what led me to um, pivot. I started off working at Anchor, and then I moved up to pivot. So, so you this is based on you had a life experience, yes, a struggle with alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's amazing because the first thing that anyone would say, including yourself, obviously Caitlin, or for that matter Anita, um, you don't have to look like an alcoholic to be one. Yeah, because. Can I just say, Caitlin, you don't look like an alcohol. <laughs> you're barely 90 pounds. Oh, they're about. You, you're a very lovely lady. So you, I would never imagine someone like you had had this issue. And that's what I love to get out there with my job now, too, is, yes, people can imagine users and alcoholics in a certain way, but there's a lot of people that they have no idea. That, that they are? Yeah. So yeah. what? And what? So it can be very high-functioning, too. So. so I just know, by the way, have you noticed lately a lot of people are starting the sentence sentences out with the with the word so? Have you noticed that? Is, I think, is, is that a trend happening? Yeah, I, I notice I do that in my emails lately. Yeah, and I, I don't like it. I I don't like it either, and I I just did it. <laughs> but I noticed like Donnie Flatter, Donnie Berenger, he does it all the time. Um, 
I, it just people are doing it. It's a bad habit. I, so anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> my Don Rickles. So that's incredible. You live down in Washington D.C. I mean, how long ago was this affliction? Um, I've been sober a year and eight months now. Okay, so you know it right down to the month. I do. And yeah. so I what? I feel very early in recovery. So really, it's like so you every... don't you don't touch it at all. No. So is it to the point where if you are a recovering or an alcoholic, you can't even look at a bottle of wine? Essentially, is that is that how it is? I mean, it's different for everyone. Thankfully. To me, it like opened my eyes, so I can still go out to places. I can be around people. I mean, I avoid certain situations, and I don't what, like allow a frat in my party? life a lot. Yeah, yeah. right, right. But You're like, not gonna if go I'm to a frat around party. someone that wants, if we go out to dinner and they want to order something like a cocktail, I'm like, that's fine. It doesn't bother me because I know what it did to me, and I'm not going to allow myself to get stuck in that cycle again. Did you ever like, smoke cigarettes? No. See, it's, when I quit cigarettes, it was tough because of hanging out with other people that were. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine it's the same thing. But what I was going to say earlier was it doesn't take much to be uh, considered an alcoholic, which I think is a little unfair. Some people, and this was years ago, maybe the, I don't know if there's any real determinant to like, oh, you're an alcoholic. But the, the, the parameters were like a drink a night, you're an alcoholic. It, do they have any type of, of litmus test or any threshold that, that makes you an alcoholic or not, Caitlin? I don't want to say I know that for a fact. I feel like there was data on it like maybe two a night for men one a night for women but okay. i don't know if that's still like the up-to-date does that sound like a lot i don't know because well, you're asking someone like i used to think that was normal for me you well know? i think it's normal because so, you know you come home from work you know and there's the old traditional you drink a tom collins or you have some type of glass of wine man or woman mm-hmm. but let me ask you were you in excess in your personal experience of like two drinks a night or were you a binge drinker if you could describe um, what you went through? I didn't through? consider myself. I thought I used to come home and I would have a glass of wine every night and right. I would have cocktails on the weekend and okay. there was like two glasses of wine a night. But to me, I didn't consider that like my alcoholic point. Right. But I can see looking back on it now, that was an easy downslope into eventually I was already having that. So then when I wanted to block things out, I started drinking more and more. Gotcha. So... Uh, yeah. Doing weeknight, for instance, it wouldn't necessarily have to be a weekend for, or a party or situation. No. No. So, what would you, if you don't mind me asking as well, what was your choice? What was what was your liquid? What did you like? Um, I mean, I started off with wine and beer because I used to work at a brewery. But yeah. towards the end of it, I was buying just straight vodka and taking shots. Really? That would be like the first thing in the morning. I would wake up and like take a shot to like get myself ready for the day. Interesting. And this was still when I was working, so that's why I'm like I was very high functioning, and a lot of people had no idea. Because vodka is, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, vodka is not detectable? What do you mean? Uh, in terms of like when you, well, you could smell people. If I drank a lot oh. of beer, you could smell the alcohol. Yeah. There's some there's some alcohol that you just not detectable. Um, was it like that? Because did anyone have any suspicions? I, I don't think so. Really? I think towards the very, very end, they started to see more towards my actions. And what everything. were your actions? Um, just isolating myself a lot more. Were um, you getting agitated? Yeah. Were you yelling at people? Like I don't screw think you, I was shut like the that. hell up. No, but I just kind of lost my boundaries and So who approached you? No one approached me. Actually. You did it yourself. Yeah. I ended up just reaching a point where my family actually knew. They could tell the most because I would call my mom and um I told you a little earlier before we got on air I had a seizure which was caused right. by my drinking. Right. So that was the moment when I had a seizure and I fell and I ended up cracking my skull and needing brain surgery. Thankfully someone just saw me and called nine one one. I call him my um stranger angel. Do you know this person? I don't. 
I always wanted to like put up flyers and try and find them afterwards. I have no idea who it was, but they like stayed with me until the ambulance got there. This is your angel. Mm-hmm. When, when and where did this take place? This was down in Alexandria, Virginia in October 2020. Where were you coming from that night? It was during the day, actually, and yeah, I, was, I, I, was, I was out for a run. Right. And see, a lot of people find that fascinating because they were like, you were an alcoholic and you were like, um, I don't want to say detoxing, but I was going through withdrawals because I hadn't drank the night before. Yeah. And still I had the energy to go out for a run, but my body just couldn't physically handle it. Do you think that was, so the alcohol was having an ill effect on your and your yeah. organs essentially your whole physical yeah. feet. Uh, and so that's when I went and had my brain surgery. I got hospitalized, but I I'm embarrassed to kind of tell people that didn't solve my issue either. Cause like you continued what, after that, you can see once you're an addict, like you get stuck in that cycle unless you push yourself. So then I lost my job because I needed to learn how to walk and talk again. That's wow. how bad my surgery was. Like my brain was disconnected from the rest of my body. So um, I couldn't work for a while. And then that just, I was in the hospital for so many months and I had to go back home and be by myself. And then I was given Percocet. And so it was kind of like, I Percocet is that, that's a painkiller. No, mm-hmm. did yeah, you, and it's an opioid. So did, did, did that create a problem? I found myself using it more than I should have. Of course. And it did not last the three months it was supposed to, but thankfully I didn't find myself slipping down after that. Once I ran out of my supply, I just went back to alcohol. Okay. All right. So, so, wow. You would think that situation and that experience would have like opened my eyes, but it didn't. And I still went back to it. And then it ended up being, I had another seizure and my mother contacted me and was like, you're moving back home. Right. And, um, I was told I would have to go to inpatient rehab. And to me, that scared me. It felt like a jail. And I was like, give me one more chance and I'll do outpatient and I'll quit cold Turkey. And Wow, that's, that's a, now I'm where I'm at now. But but how did you stumble over this opportunity? Because it's it's perfect for you. Because you know if you're gonna if 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 you're gonna teach baseball, you got to know baseball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're gonna teach piano lessons, you better know piano. That's why I feel like it all aligned perfectly. Like I went to Samaritan for outpatient, and then yeah. I ended up going to Anchor to do volunteer hours because right. I started to think about do I want to work in this field? Cause I know what it's like. Maybe I could help other people in my position and right. be there for them. Right. And, um, yeah. no, that's awesome. And just all kind of rolled into place. Well, I tell you, that's, that's it. I mean, when we talked a couple weeks ago, uh, and I, I, I didn't know anything about this. No. And yeah, usually and, I don't just share my story like that, but I just, well, that's okay. Everyone shares the like stories with me. There. Trust me. That's just the way uncle Glenn is. <laughs> so now you can leave. No, I was kidding. <laughs> Caitlin Lala, your story is inspirational because first, first of all, you look great. You're alive. Mm-hmm. Your head injuries. Have you had a seizure since? Did you go? Did you get a cat? You know, a scan, an MRI on that. That's that's yeah. concerning. And I've I had a couple seizures since, but I'm on Keppra, so it's an anti-seizure medication, and I have to take that for the rest of my life. But okay, all right, that's fine. I can deal with that. You could deal with that. <laughs> you know, it's amazing because getting back to the story of this young man, Caleb Widrick. Some people were saying this this doesn't look good, but no one leaves their bike in the middle of Route 81 with his cell phone there. This this could be the worst scenario. Mm-hmm. So now he's I mean just just knowing he's back, and so in your case, your mom said you're coming up here because you're going to die, mm-hmm. and that would be the worst thing to happen. Needless to say, to you, yeah, and your mom and everybody else. But the fact that you have to take some medication is nothing in comparison to what could have happened. Exactly. So you were that close to death. Mm-hmm. You really were. Did you see the other side? Did you see, you know, when you had the seizure? Did, did, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Do you remember that moment? 
I when remember you fell? waking up yeah. and I thought I was in like a psych ward yeah. because I was like handcuffed to right. the bed and oh, Right, right. Oh, cool. Um, because, this is great. Yeah, you were because completely if I had gotten control. up, I wouldn't have had anything. So it's like, I had no you, idea. Do you think you might have been combative during that time frame? You just didn't know it? I don't remember. You know, you know, did they tell you though? Um, they told me I tried to get up and do things a lot on my own. So okay, so that kinda, that was probably precaution. Yeah. You didn't get any trouble with the law, no DWIs, nothing like that? I did get a DWI. Okay, okay, you did. Yeah. I've All only right. had one in my life. Right, but, yeah. right, right. So you had history of that in your family, is that correct? Yes. Uh, I did too. And I don't know if it necessarily means, because I, I don't know, I, I, I see people without any alcohol in their family and there's, they, they got mm-hmm. some serious issues. So I, 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 I never did adhere to that, to tell you the truth. But do you think that was part of it? I mean, I don't know who it was in your family, not my business, but do you think that led to your alcoholism? I think it may be like a part, um, seeing it around me and losing my brother. Um, but I feel like it had to do How'd with... How'd you lose your brother? Um, he had substance and alcohol problems. Okay, so it was in so, the family. Yeah. yeah. So I, But I feel like more so it was just a lot of traumas because, I mean, I was perfectly fine until I was like 20. This didn't happen and... I don't think I started drinking heavily until I was like 28 years old. 28 years old. So I handled everything good until then. So I think it was just a lot of traumas over time and then mental health. And I was one of those people that I was trying to escape what was around me. And alcohol just seemed like a very easy but you way. Were, you were in the Washington, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Did you and get... I, worked, I was working at a brewery. So and you're I working was, at a brewery. I was making beer. So you were on a lot of money. Were you making a lot of money? At, you know, tips was, and whatnot? Yeah. Like, like, you know, a couple hundred dollars a night? I didn't make tips or anything because I was in the back, like making the beer, and I was right. doing the QC on it. So, what, what, you, but I was doing. You were testing it too. <laughs> down in that area. You were doing yeah. pretty well for a twenty-something-year-old yeah. single woman. Do you have children? No. Yeah. Okay. Do you haven't been married? No. Okay. You any any intentions? What's going on, Caitlin? What? <laughs> Someone like you not married? What's going on there? I don't know. All right. No, you'll get to that. I'm just um, making sure. All right. So working for Pivot. With this experience, not to mention you're educated, what, what school did you go to? I mean, it's not just because of your condition. <clears throat> you needed to know certain things about what, what school did you go to? Um, I have my bachelor's from SUNY Plattsburgh, and nice. then I got my master's from Georgetown. God bless you. So that's what got you down there to begin with. Yeah. So you liked it there. You went there um, to Georgetown, I'm assuming, for two years, two and a half years, whichever. Yeah. You got two your years. master's. Two yeah. years. And she's, I like it down here, but it's so expensive to live it down is. there. It is. It's expensive, and the traffic was not. Right, and all it? those, all those Democrats and that the, the Beltway, and <laughs> yeah. they hate conservatives and and white heterosexuals. That must. No wonder you drank yourself to die. No, just kidding. <laughs> we talk about the Beltway and politics all the time in this show, and uh, you were a part of it. But thank <laughs> God you're back, and uh, you're a smart woman. So you did well in your SATs and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So you got you know you did every you know you were straight A student all your life. Yeah. But that's what I'm also the person that likes to push myself. And you push yourself. If I could get paid to go to school the rest of my life, I would do that. Do you think you took that level of that part of your, let's call it, I guess, up the the level of participating? In other words, you're a high high level person. Do you think that's what led to your high level alcoholism? I don't know. I mean, some people like strive to to do things. And sometimes that can go in a negative way. You know, I mean, like drinking one glass of wine isn't enough. Yeah. I want more than that. So I you feel think like that, that might have pa- been part of it? That could like have been I said, part I of it. I feel you. like there were so many parts that came together. Right. So. So you, so you will not drink a glass of wine right now. No. So it's funny when I started when I went into Samaritan and I started I was like I want to fix myself but I think in the future I want to be capable and able to go to the Crystal and have a Tom and Jerry. Right. With my right. Mom. Right. And what did they and say? What did they say? 
I mean, I forget what they said exactly. They gave me space to like kind of think about on my own. They're like, okay, well, you're here. Let's focus on this first right. and like keeping it out for now. But I, it was within, I think, a month sober. And I was like, I'd never want to touch it again. Like, I don't want to take that risk factor. Right. And like, it also opened my eyes and I look at it differently. And it's like, I want to live a life where I don't need that. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, because my father, we had an intervention with my father. I don't know if you've ever been through one, but it was an amazing experience. He was going to die. He was 63 years old. And uh, we just said enough is enough. My mom said the whole thing. So we literally got all together, all five of us. And uh, the one thing he did say after after rehab and going to the, the hospital right from there, just like they show on the, on the program, he said, well, maybe I might go back to a, a beer or two. By the way, that never, never happened. Thank God. Mm. He lived until 86 years old. Um, he died of cancer, by the way. He would have died of cirrhosis or something, a car accident, who knows. But uh, they say that just the thought of even getting back to it casually is not a good way of thinking. Is that true, Caitlin? I believe that. Not just with alcohol, yeah. but with, you know, oh, I'm just going to take a Valium as opposed to a dose of fentanyl and whatnot. Right. So anyway, we grab the headsets. We got somebody on the phone, maybe someone inspired by what you just <laughs> told us. Hi, you're on the air. You have a question for Caitlin? I have several. Uh, this is your non-lawyer friend, uh, Glenn. Can you... This is uh, you are to be congratulated, young lady. Um, I don't know you. I don't know a thing about you. But what you said in the, it is inspiring uh, for you to come on and uh, speak like you are uh, speaking. Um, but there's Glenn asked, uh, is there some way you can tell? Well, I've lived a, a lifetime. Uh, I, I don't drink, uh, and I don't really have a problem with drinks, except psychologically and probably physiologically. I'm, a, I'm a, uh, allergic to this stuff. So, but I found a lot of stuff. Um, are there are there any AA meetings in the Watertown area? Interesting. Yes, there are. I wish I had that information in front of me okay. right now, but I know me there's ask, like multiple ones. Let me ask you this: There's uh, adults. Uh, are there AA meetings? Okay, and there's Al-Anon meetings. Mm -hmm. Are there any adult uh, children of alcoholics meetings? ACOA meetings. Ooh. You see, it's not the people drink. It's the stinking thing, and it's the uh, the pattern of thinking that uh, I, I can I can spot it a mile away uh, when, when around people. Uh, they, they may not be totally so. They may be totally sober, but we are we have our, such a society of acculturation and socialization of drinking. You watch the commercials and things, and oh, right, there's happy drinkers and there's a falling down drunk. Right. Well, the the. Uh, problem with, I just learned uh, after some of my ideas, uh, jo uh, Jordan Peterson of Canada, he had a thing, uh, he has uh, a lot of things on YouTube, but he talked about alcohol, the damage it does to the, uh, physi physiologically to the body, mm -hmm. and I've never seen it before. And But anyway, Glenn asked if there's things you can tell. I say, if it affects your life in terms of your work, your home, your personal life, your job, uh, you don't pay the bills, you don't have heat in the house, you don't have, uh, uh, there, there's things going awry in the house, then, you, then there's a problem. Yeah. There's a big problem. Right. But if we're such, we're so, oh, stop by and have a beer at Stone's Tavern, or stop by, stop by the house and have a, a drink, if we're so socialized. But mm -hmm. um, uh, it affects a, a lot of people differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, in my family, I'm I'm in that ten percent probably hmm. that if I drink, I'd be an alcoholic. I, I warn on my whole family that uh, we have the genes. Right, right. Well, I pre I got I got. But this is inspiring stuff. But not to mention, obviously, what Caitlin Lawler has shared with us today. But your your context as well. But just just as a footnote before I let you go, 
Donald Trump said the same thing because his brother died of alcoholism. I know. A- and he said hey, that you're he... At the, uh, the hospital? <laughs> No, no, she works at Pivot. But I got to go, my friend. I got to go. But thank you, my friend. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. I don't think he understood what I was saying. My, my point was this. There are some people that know, like Donald Trump, who doesn't drink. He knew he would go in that same direction because mm-hmm. he's. It, we all can admit, whether you like him or not, he's an eight-personality guy. And that there's a certain person that is so driven that they could that could drive them into alcohol and drugs. Is that true, Caitlin? I mean... I think so. And, and, and it, can you imagine a drunk I mean, Donald Trump? it's so different Trump? with everyone, so it's hard to... Yeah, if you could just funnel that. I believe, aren't you funneling what, what you're not doing into something good? I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of people need to focus more on self-care and things, because it's like he was kind of saying, too, we just normalize and socialize it. Sure. So it's like if we have a really... If we learn some good news, we want to go celebrate. The first thing a lot of people think of is like, oh, I have to have some alcohol or something. Or if you have a really bad day, it's like, I need a drink. Yeah. So I think we need to reroute our thoughts and like. I I saw something on Facebook and that means it's real. It's true rather. And this gentleman, uh, he, he just, he was describing why he's an alcoholic. And he says, when someone says, hey, let's have a drink. it, it, It gets into his head. Like that's a, I love hearing that. Hey, it's the end of the day. Let's go out. I love hearing that. And the way he described it was in some type of podcast. And these guys saw him you know, on, on camera and they related to it. Says, this guy is the worst thing to himself. Mm-hmm. But everyone in that room understood that because drinking does make you feel good, right? Or, you know, taking cocaine yeah. or smoking, it, you know, oh, it's a relaxant. It's legal. What the heck? But at the end of the day, it is destroying us. And you yeah. see, and I, honestly, I see it in people. I see, first of all, I see bad diets. I see people diabetic by the time they're 32 years old. And I just see other people that just look ragged way before, before their time. So there's so many telltale signs. Let's take another call. See, you, you thought this was going to be. <laughs> Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn. How are you doing today? It's lefty. First, I wanted to uh, tell your, your guest congratulations. She should be very proud of herself and her family. She should be very proud of her. Thank you. I do have a question, though, and this just is kind of a, a little bit of a, a pet peeve, and just want to get your opinion since you've actually been there. Yeah. Do you believe that alcoholism is a disease? Hmm. Yes, and I believe well, it's a treatable one. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a little example here, and then I'll let you go, and, and, not, and not to put your opinion down, but I think that's been handled wrong, and the opinion on that's been wrong, and I just think that the, the, the given example that you always hear is that it's a disease because of the way that it's handled. But I don't believe it's a disease because generally you take an alcoholic, now not someone who's had a seizure who had to go to the hospital because of it, but you take an alcoholic who's in their peak of bad drinking and you put them on a desert island and all they have is what they need to get by. They have food and they have water and they have shelter and you know, take away any other medical problems that might come up, but just normally they were there in 90 days they'll be in the best shape they've ever been in because it's not a disease. If you take a diabetic who needs insulin, you put them on that same island, 10 to 20 days, they're dead because they have a disease. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I see. I know where you're going with this, but I got to go, Lefty. That's just just by two cents, but I'm very proud of her. But I I, I always hear this where they're calling things like that a disease. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're smoking and you get cancer, then you have a disease that you caused yourself. But... Alcoholism, I don't believe, is a disease. You can get cirrhosis, but yeah, that that, that comes from bad activity. I get that. Yes, I totally agree with you. Well, have a great day, and I really respect you for coming on the air. Bye-bye now, don't you know. That's Caitlin. But bear in mind, also, 
that Caitlin, despite the fact that you shared an incredible story of, of courage and personal experience, you're actually here to talk about Pivot yes. and its advantages. So stick around. I got to do a commercial break. We'll do that right now. And you're listening to the Live at Fo- show, Five show with Caitlin from Pivot. We'll be back right after this. Roof looking older than you are? Finding more tiles in your lawn than grass? It's time for Herringes Contracting. The people who call you back. Wow, we got more phone callers with Caitlin Lawler today. But first things first, Pivot is providing a lot of new stuff for people with some type of drug addiction. Is that correct, Caitlin? Correct. Yeah, we have fentanyl and xylazine test strips Mm -hmm. so that people can test what they are using to see if it contains one or the other. And also Narcan training. That's easy. only takes like five minutes and that can reverse an opioid overdose. Is there a new device similar? The Narcan was like, it looked like a little canister. But I, oh, it's like nasal spray now. It's a nasal, now you have nasal spray. Mm-hmm. It used to be an injection, which right. people were scared to learn how to use and yeah, because, carry around, which I get. But yeah, now it's just a nasal spray. It's really, you just peel, place, and press. So the, the, the needle aspect was, I think, glorified to some degree in uh, um, the movie Pulp Fiction. Remember what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that Narcan? Um, was some form of it, of some stimulant that got her heart going again? Because that's the scene I think about. But now it's easier. So now, just like you would take Flonase, mm-hmm. you can go to someone that's literally knocked out on the floor in some type of, you know, crazy position. And the best thing, too, is there's no side effects. So even if the person isn't on anything or if it's not fentanyl or an op- opioid, it just won't do anything. But if they are, it will bring them back. So the question that a lot of people, like perhaps this person that's trying to get in right now, is that not called enabling? We don't like to call it enabling because we don't think we are. We like to, we're giving people the option and the choice. Like with the test strips, if people are going to be using, we're giving them these choices to test what they are using. Right. And the Narcan, um, we love to just get that out because people at high risk. And yeah, those people may use again, but you never know that. It may save someone's life and that's their like epiphany moment. Right. And it brought them back and they're not going to use again. Interesting. Just like yourself. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. Even so, though Even though you fell down again. Yeah. So I like to say we can't act like... We're picking and right, choosing. Right, right. We want to make this available to everyone, and it will save some lives. And like I said, maybe it won't work for everyone, right. but we have to think about, even if it's a small percentage, those right. that it will reach and those that it will save. And it could save, it could, like you said, end up like me, people working in I was going to say that. It could be that one person that in turn would turn around and influence or mm-hmm. inspire others yeah. because of the experience itself. Near-death experiences, you know, whether it's someone riding a bicycle too fast you know, living like a, th- a thrill seeker, um, that that can that can really humble you real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it's the fentanyl, for instance. It's I don't know. What, I mean, I, I was re- again. I see a lot of things online, and it's in, and they talk about crack cocaine, for instance, and the high you get from it. And like I I forget which celebrity it was. It was a rap star, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. And the guy says, "What was the best high you ever got?" And the guy said, "It was from crack cocaine." And and he says, tell me what it was. Says, well, it just he he said, well, it was this level. It wasn't like you were drinking. It wasn't like you were smoking pot. It just it, it put me in a whole different world. They used to say that about angel dust, peace, you know. Mm-hmm. So back in the day and whatnot. So are drugs so euphoric, for the lack of a better way, that they're winning people over because they're so damn strong that people don't care about the bad results they'll get from them. The ramifications, if you will. Once they get sucked in that cycle, you know, they're looking for that high. Right. And when it wears off, they just, they feel alone and reality starts to hit them. So you want that again. Right. Because exactly. a lot of users, and I can speak for myself, you know, we're trying to escape like 
stuff that's around us stress depression anxiety right like we don't want to feel that so we're trying to block it out and feel other things so that high is like something that feels amazing to us sure and yeah we're gonna lose it and we think about the consequences but you once live you're by, you live caught for the up moment. in that it's like you keep going after that interesting hi you're on the air do you have a question for caitlin yes i do hey Gwen, it's putts remember me yes i do what's happening putts oh i i, I really want to appreciate you for the guests you have on because uh I dabble in their own stuff myself. Yeah, trying to, trying, trying to figure out my life right now, and it, it's amazing. I'm, so, glad, I'm glad you have her on. Well, let me ask. The, let me let me ask some personal questions to Putts here. Sure. Um, what what's your choice? I mean, you a drinker, or you know, what are you what are you doing in your? You know, no, I like to drink. Right. You know, I was into the beer, and I tried to quit that. I got into the whiskey, and then uh, you know, yeah, got a little deep, and uh, you know. Do you see a doctor? I do. Every six months. Okay, so that's good. Caitlin, that's good because a lot mm -hmm. of people, especially these days, whether they're alcoholics or not, or have battles, and I don't mean to put you in that category, my friend, but you know what we're talking about here. They no, don't even, I know. A lot of people don't even go to the dentist for like years at a time. A doctor can tell... A doctor, I go to the dentist. Okay, well, let me give me a second, Putz. Because, uh, what a nickname that is. Uh <laughs> Blood tests are important, right, Caitlin? What going to the doctor every six months—that's that's like a report card. Mm -hmm. What type of blood test indicates someone is dying of their affliction? I mean, that depends on. Could be the high level, uh, elevated uh, uh, liver. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking back to me with my alcohol. I was always worried or hearing about my liver. Right. But if you're using other substances, and what 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 can say, for instance, I mean, you know, just. Hard drugs do to your to, to your body. I mean, is it just just you know? It just shuts down areas over time. So, my friend, alcohol. How has it affected you physically? Well, I always told myself I was okay with it, and I was all right until like last week. Uh, my wife said, it's, "You're you're out of control. Like another day or two of this, like your stuff's going to be out in the street." Like, whoa. Okay, I hmm. get it now. You know. So wait a minute. So you're saying you're saying that you've been sober for a week? Well, I mean, I'm coming down. You know. Coming down, meaning like you know, you're ready for another one. Is that what you're saying? Well, you can't just quit because you'll die. Because you already had so much in you. If you just quit, you'll have a stroke or something. Caitlin, what do you say to that? Is that is that good logic right there? Well, I might as well start drinking again because you know I'm coming down. And well, no, no, no. But I mean, you got to slow down. Yeah. Because you can't just go from full on to full off being I, in the hospital. I mean, I cold turkey quit alcohol, right. and I was told that was extremely dangerous because I stopped before I went into Samaritan. So I always try and tell people definitely seek help if you're going to come down off of it. Because that can be super dangerous. When you go to the hospital, they give you the pills to make sure that you don't die and they're mm -hmm. watching you. And that's one thing, too, is... Hold up, Putz. Yeah. So, no, wait. Let me just ask a question to Caitlin. Does, does that mean that it's, it's encouraged to, you know, to, when you come down off a, an addiction to alcohol to do it slowly? Is that what you... And don't do the cold turkey, Caitlin? I would say seek treatment. Yeah. And have help with it. Okay. And that would be and the pills try that... not to... Yeah. Don't try and do it on your own. 
Really? You may feel like you're doing a really good thing, but like I would definitely suggest seeking treatment. And that's something I like to tell people too, is because there's so many stigmas. People feel bad about what they're doing, and they're afraid, like you said, to go to the doctor. Right, right. Um, a lot of well, people just don't, don't want to. A lot of right. people just don't want to. But stuff right. like this, people are afraid to like bring it up or mention it. Interesting. And so, um, so Potts, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow down until it's zero. So Potts, let me ask a question. Are you one of those guys who say, who just gets sloppy and says, I love you, man, and you want to hug everybody? Is that is that what you do? No, 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 no. None of that. So what is it? Are you combative? I do my own thing and be left alone. Right. And I took it too far. All right. Where when I actually go home, they don't want me there. Yeah, that's not good. That, you know? Yeah, I understand. That, I want to go home. Right. And that's your wife talking, girlfriend? Old lady. Wife, yeah, wife, yeah, married, uh, 15, God bless you. Well, listen, yeah. you're a good man, Potts. You need a new nickname, Why? my friend. Why, well, I appreciate it. All right, I'll talk to you. Someday I'll tell you the story in person about how I got named that. Yeah, let's not do it at a bar. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, maybe, but we can drink seven ups with one. There you go. There you go. You know? Yeah. I mean, I do that all the time, too. No, I know you. Still got to go to the bar, but sometimes I just drink a soda. No, I understand. That's tough, though. It's tough mm-hmm. to do. It really is. Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do. I couldn't do it. All right, Potts. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk oh, soon. Thank you. All right, I'll talk. Oh. I don't want to cut off Potts. He might start drinking. Oh, no, but he brought up some good points. Yeah, though, he did. It is scary to also talk to people that you know in your life, and yeah, and but it's scary and it's going to be hard, but it's better for you in the end, and it. For both of them. You know? you're, you're on the air. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, thanks, Glenn. I got to tell you right now, I've been listening to you for years. This is the best interview you and Caitlin have had. It is remarkable. And I just want to thank you for bringing this subject up. You know, I, I uh, have been in AA for four years now, and I know how tough it is. And uh, it, 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 it's just rewarding to hear how she has turned her life around and how she's trying to help other people. And, and I'm going to leave it at that, but thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you, you, my friend. And thank congratulations you. on four thank years. You. Yeah, yeah, four years. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, kind of what I was going to say. She's helping people already. It's awesome. SG. <laughs> Make sure you get up, give out the number, because if Putz wants to call and get in contact and find some information Putz. out, I'm sure he, he could use that. Um well, first of all, I think he needs a new nickname, and, and that might have led to his issues. But go ahead, SG. Sorry. Yeah, um, I want to make sure everybody knows you got like three hours left to vote to in the election. Uh, right. Like oh, by the way, uh, Caitlin, do you live in Watertown by any chance? Mm-hmm. Did you go out to vote? Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good, good. All right, she's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. No, you're doing a really good thing. I, I think uh, um, you touched a lot of people with your story. SG, were you an alcoholic? Are you an alcoholic? Am I an alcoholic? No, I, actually, I dated when I moved to Watertown. The girl I was dating was in recovery, so I quit for her just because I didn't want to drink around her, and I wouldn't be able to date her if I was drinking. <laughs> and once we broke, we were dated five years, and after we broke up, I just don't really care to drink that much. Right, right. I'll drink once in a while, but right, you know, it's not a big thing in my life anymore. I, I was in the Navy. I, if I could have been an alcoholic, I would have been. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, when you were in the Navy, Navy, were you in a submarine? No. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see how they reacted that way. No way! 
I, I just think about those 60 poor men, bastards. Sixty men go down, thirty couples come up. Yeah, yeah, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, it is, it is Pride Amazon, Month. Amazon no, is a supply ship, man. That's right. All right, thanks, yeah. thanks, uh, SG. Right, cool. SG for the for the first time in months, we're not talking politics with SG. Everything's cordial. Everything's great until tomorrow. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, I just wanted to congratulate Caitlin. Uh, you know, it's I tough. think it's it's great that she gets on there and tells her story like that because it does help a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, yeah, so, and uh, I quit in 1990, uh, and I owned a bar. You owned a bar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, I, and uh, it wasn't easy, but, I mean, I did it on my own. So I was, I was lucky with you. the grace of God, you know. So, Duff, what was... And I, and I always figured that was divine intervention. I really, really... Well, did. you might not be here right now. Let me ask the question. What was your choice? What did you drink? I drank beer for a long time, then uh, when I hit the bar, I started, uh, and I had the bar like four or five years, I started drinking shots. And stuff. Yeah. So, and shots I, will I kill you. Drunk most of the time. Shots put you in a different world. Sh- yeah, shot is like... Yeah, and you know, you know when you've got a problem. If you've got a problem, if, if, if stuff happens, like, like she said, she had a DWI, she fell, blah, blah, blah. It's almost died. Those are signs. Those are signs that you've got a problem with alcohol and that you got you can't drink it. You, it's right. just the way it is. No, I understand. You know? But I have no problem going to a bar. I drink the non-alcohol beer. Uh, uh, you know, at the beginning, I was bartending, and people would come in and harass me because I didn't drink. Incredible willpower. And you know how that goes. Yeah. I can't believe you're not drinking. Right. I don't trust a guy that doesn't drink, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've heard it all. No, I agree. But, uh, no, you, you got to just stay the course, and if you had a problem like you had, then uh, I can only tell this. She's right. There's people that can go out there and they can drink heavy, but they still show up for work and this and that, but... Yeah, you know they're slowly killing themselves. They really are. They really are. My dad did it. He never missed a day of work. It's not like you go if you go home and have a couple of beers at night or something like that. If if it doesn't create a problem and you're not arguing and fighting or getting a DWI or getting in trouble, then you don't have really a problem with it. And and you know if you can go without it for you know a while. Right. I I I actually went out without drinking for about three years. I I quit in the late nineties. The Yankees won the World Series in October of uh, nineteen ninety six, and I made such a fool of myself down in Queens, where I'm from. That I was so ashamed of myself and my, I'm so, I'm so shocked I didn't get my ass kicked at a bar and across from St. John's University. I was just obnoxious. And the next day I woke up with a horrible headache and I just, uh, cold turkey, I just quit for three years. So I One know I could do I it. I would suggest everybody to watch. It's an old movie. You can Google it and probably watch on YouTube. It's called Lost Weekend with yes. Milan. Yeah. Yeah. Watch that movie because it's right on the money. Yeah, no, it is. A uh, great movie, great actor, by the way. Thank you, my friend. That's yeah. uh, the Duff Man. Alrighty. All right, so, so Caitlin, stick around. You're going to stick around? Yeah. you got to stick around now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll do a break. We'll be back. I'm Doug Osborne, and I'm running for Watertown City Council because decorum and fiscal responsibility need to be restored to our local government. I'm a lifelong... And welcome back. We're here with Caitlin Lawler uh, coming uh, at you here from the AM 1240 studios. Sponsored, of course, from our friends at uh, Widget Auto Sales, where they tell you that they they are the inflation fighters because you don't want to spend forty nine thousand dollars. The average cost of a car these days, a new car, Caitlin, forty nine grand. Widget Auto Sales are the inflation fighters in out of Washington Street. L.A. Quarry, the family-owned a business that provides the best crushed limestone stands and topsoil at the best price. They also deliver to the home or work site. Give them a call at three one five six five eight two zero zero four. And who could forget our friends Roberts Automotive Sales and Service. They've been doing it for over 40 years. Roberts has been the neighborhood service center to get your vehicle running correctly. Depend on Steve to fix it and Karen to go out of her way to finance it. 
uh, because they sell cars there too. All right, so Caitlin, with the remaining uh, time that we have in today's uh, Tuesday edition of the Live at Five show, you did say you voted. Is that correct? Yes. You don't have to share with us, but are you embroiled? Are you aware? I mean, why did you go? Not a lot of people don't vote on primary day. Why did you, a young woman of your age, vote in primary day? Um, it's funny because a long time ago, I wouldn't have. I've been would have been one of those people that didn't care. Um, but it's become important to me, so I like to put my research in, and right. especially it's like a local community, and so I want to be involved. And so, are you? Can I? I, I ask every candidate that sat there. We had most, <laughs> if not all, of them here. Um, are you a Republican or, or a Democrat? Does that matter to you what your what 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 your allegiance is politically? No, and, I was going to say I don't like to label myself. And do you find a lot of people your age, men and women for that matter, are they the same way or are they staunch about I'm a Democrat or is it? I think a lot of people my age are kind of and bib, yeah, like yeah. me. And right, that's right. What I talk to you because it's like we will agree with both sides and different things. So it's like. But would you agree, especially living down in the Beltway like you did for six years? Mm-hmm. Was the preponderance of people left of center more liberal? Democrats? Um, <laughs> it depended. Really? Yeah. And you li- you worked where? You lived in Alexandria, Virginia? Yeah. Isn't that the epicenter of liberal, other than where Jim <laughs> Levin came from? Yeah, that's why I'm like, it depends on where you were, I guess. Right. Like, I would hang out with people in D.C. That would be like the opposite. And so... Interesting. So that's po- why I like, I like hearing... People's different opinions. So you weren't we all over- learn from each other. You weren't overwhelmed by the crazy politics because you just left there not that long ago. Yeah. So well, you- I mean, I wanted to move to just expand what I grew up with. Right. From here. So. Do, you, do you like being back home? I do. I didn't. I would be honest. I didn't think I was a little nervous, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to return back. But since I've been here, I'm like, I can picture myself staying here. Okay. Why did you not? Why did you feel uncomfortable coming back? If you don't mind me asking. I, well, first of all, everything I went through, I was a little scared of like the judgment. Right. Coming back uh, to up here, the alcoholic capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, Do you realize you know. New York, Watertown is? I, I don't. There was a survey somewhere that they have it by state, and. Watertown per capita, and there's oh, it must be Fort Drum. No, it's not. Don't throw Fort Drum under the under the bus. We got a lot of alcoholics up here, and and it's a lot of it has to do, I think, to the weather and the economy up here. Would you see it that? Do you think weather and, and economic or economy or scale has anything to do with drug addiction? Yeah, and I think mental health too. Yeah, and we got a lot of that too. Yeah. I think that plays a big part. And I think people take that wrong when I say mental health because that can be simply just anxiety yeah, sure. or just feeling down. Like, like I, I said, I don't think a lot of people realize when they turn to things just to cheer themselves up. I saw a video just yesterday of, of an incident that took place not that long ago, I believe in San Antonio, and it was a woman who had mental health issue. And she had a, a moment, and it wasn't good. And it's not like she had a gun in her hand or anything, but at one point she was inside of an apartment, and the cops just butchered this opportunity they just didn't talk to her they you know they were all you know they were scaling on her on her porch scaring the heck out of her now yes she she needed to be subdued she, you know she was she she could have been violent but she came back at him from the inside of her house with a hammer in her hand and they shot her six times mm. now again you never heard of that story because the cops that that shot her didn't look like you or me meaning white people mm. uh but they were latino and she was so we're not going to hear about that but there's got to be a better way for police, and I'm not pointing the finger locally because they deal with well, unbelievable things here locally in Watertown, New York, and they do a tremendous job. But do you think police don't understand mental illness as well as they should? I haven't really had that conversation with a lot of them. 
So I don't I want don't want to speak for him. I think they know there's a connection. I think or I think they're learning that nowadays with the fentanyl and xylazine and everything. Right. They're learning that it's, there's other things contributing. So yeah, I just I, don't know if everyone's equipped to how to handle it because you know they're taught one way. They're not mental health. I just don't consultants. I mean, at this point, I mean, you do have a a, what a taser and attempt that you know why are you taking out a gun with a woman in the inside of a room when you're outside? You're men. You're you, my goodness gracious. But anyway, it was a heat of the moment. The average cop doesn't take doesn't even take his gun out of his holster. But when they do, I think a lot of that, when it comes to mental health issues, and we see it a lot, mm-hmm. mental health, someone getting shot because they thought they took out a gun, whichever, they're not thinking right. There's got to be something done there. And I, there's other reports of somewhere, I forget where, I think it's a suburb of Chicago, where more or less people are talking people out of mental health uh, moments and, uh, and ending it very well. So that, that's, that's, that's something we should all take into consideration. Yeah. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Caitlin? Yes, uh, real quick. Great job. Appreciate what she does. I am a uh, old, retired, active uh, drinker, alcoholic, but um, my colleague lies, I believe, for good. And I have a bunch of questions for her, and thank you for your good work. Uh, can I? Can you have her back then? And uh, I listen all the time. Let me know when she's coming back, because I'm going to make a list of questions for her. All right. Because a lot of things at home, and right. I'm ha- happy with my life right now, even though I am still actively drinking. But I appreciate the help I've had at times in the past when uh, when I had problems with it. So thank her, and let me know when she's coming back. I most certainly will, my friend. <laughs> so what I suggested to Caitlin, young woman, I think, if anything, you learned today that uh, you're pretty popular amongst a lot of people that uh, have, you know m- might have had experiences, whether through somebody else, like their mom or their son or whatever, or them personally, uh, they relate to you. I think maybe you can um, start thinking about yourself as an influencer in one way or another. Do your own blog, yeah, Caitlin. Do you like that idea? Yeah, I didn't even think of it before. Well, sometimes it takes you know to for you to fall on your head then drink again, mm-hmm. and then fall on your head again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picking on you now. But it's an incredible story. And again, I just I go back to like, if you're going to teach anything, you better know what you're talking about. In your case, so what phone number, what, what, what number, what, how can we contact you or anyone else with regards to Pivot and Alliance for uh, a Better Community? So Alliance for Better Communities, you can reach us at 315-788-4660. Great, and and by the way, Pam Whiting works with uh, uh, with um, Anita all the time, and I know you and I talked about uh, you know, some type of production with uh, with something that's coming up. So that's good. Uh, so I let's let's plan on at least doing this, mm-hmm. and it won't get as personal, but I think it's very important because if you notice, Caitlin, people relate to what you're saying, and it's not just here in Watertown. It could be in Syracuse. It could be in Utica. It could be in, in Timbuktu. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Alcohol and addiction uh, to pills, whichever, is everywhere. Would you right. agree? Yeah. I you agree. know that better than anybody. Yep. So one more time on the phone number again. 315-788-4660. By the way, can you get addicted to these uh, candies? Because I know I am. <laughs> uh, Laura has, has put these. These are the greatest things in the world. But I just can't get away from them. And in essence, it's almost like drugs are candy to some yeah. people. They can't get away from them. I think I'm addicted to chapstick. Are you really? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Chap- we'll, we'll talk about that next time. Uh-huh. AM 1240 WHN Watertown makes us legal. Up next, CBS News. Caitlin, Lola, thank you very much. And thank we'll you. see you guys tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. 
I'm Monica Ricks in New York. Airports are a nightmare today with flight.